From the Pamela Family Studio, you're listening to Faith and Family Statehouse Update. I am Joshua Putnam, President of Palmetto Family. For years, South Carolina's public education system has consistently failed to provide high-quality education that our children deserve. Schools have underachieved, and consequentially, so have students. The situation isn't entirely hopeless. Former U.S. South Carolina Senator Jim DeMint has several ideas on how we can solve South Carolina's education problem. Have a listen to our discussion to get his thoughts on this important topic. Today we have Senator Jim DeMint from South Carolina to talk about um, school choice and how important it is for education. And just for some of our um, listeners to realize is um, in the state house right now, especially this year, Mm -hmm. the speaker um, leadership, um, even in the Senate, has made this year about school reforms and 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 not necessarily school choice um, but we would like to talk about how important it is right. to have school choice a part of that conversation and I think most of our listeners know that we've been talking about pay raises for teachers and and reforming things within a public arena um, right. and, and public education but we really want to talk about um, the school choice side and how important that is um, to have that as a pillar of any type of education reform in right. the state of South Carolina. So we are happy to have you, Senator, on this um, podcast um, today. And would you kind of fill us in with your background with school choice and really kind of why this is such an important topic? It's probably the most important topic. If we're going to build a society where, where people have the character and capabilities to live free, um, it, Education has got to be at the top of the list. Uh, I, I had four children, still do, uh, and it was important to me that they, they grow up in a way that um, uh, where they were taught the same values, the same faith that my wife and I had. So we, we put our children in a Christian school, Mitchell Road Christian Academy. It was part of our church, and I was uh, very involved with that. Both of us were on, on the board. And uh, when our children got older, went to, they went to public high school, so that they've seen both sides of it. But for us to, to get them through the eighth grade with uh, teachers that knew the Lord, that, that taught character, that we had discipline, that was important. After I was elected to Congress, um, education continued to be one of my priorities. And yeah. we began to work uh, over 20 years ago on the charter school movement in South mm-hmm. Carolina. And charter schools, as most people know, is uh, is a public school, but it is a specialty school that's run differently, uh, has a lot more flexibility, and uh, charter schools in South Carolina and around the country have grown um, a lot, but it's still less than 5% of the total schools that kids can go to. And it's, it's very, it's heartwarming, but it's also um, sad to some degree when you see the, the time of year when parents stand in line at the schools in order to register for a lottery that their kid yeah. can go. Those lines are long, and the parents are uh, always disappointed when they don't go, go in. People love to have more education choices, and it gets parents more involved. Yeah. 
And, and that's what's so important is just having parents more involved in their child's education. And, and once the parents really buy into that education and have a more of aggressive role within educating their children, um, we see study after study where those kids do better right. um, in, in any type of school setting. Mm-hmm. Um, they learn better. They retain stuff better. Um, and, and it goes back to the family unit and having a strong family unit and allowing parents to have that ability to to make decisions and figure out what is best in the best interest of their child. And I think also with education reform, it's also important to know that every child learns differently. Um, And so instead of having a cookie cutter type of educational system that tries to serve every child as the same, Mm -hmm. um, being able to allow parents that are raising their children, they know those special gifts that the Lord has given that child. Mm -hmm. And they know where that child will best um, thrive in different types of educational settings. Um, Can you kind of explain the importance of the faith community in education? And I know from the beginning of the foundation of our country, um, churches played the foundation in education. They um, sure did. All the way up to <clears throat> universities, and m- a majority of every university in this country were Christian universities yeah. founded by the church. And um, and as we think back, um, uh, even the schoolhouses were mostly housed in churches sure and all were. that. So can you kind of give it why Christians should still play an important role in education? Yeah, the original public school idea was so every child could read the Bible. I mean, this really has always been a part of this idea of educating the public so they could read the Bible. They 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 know the Lord. They they know the commandments. Uh, their characters developed, and it's probably on the education front is where we've lost the most ground as a culture. Uh, gradually and uh, certainly much more rapidly over the last couple of decades. But the government has replaced the church in raising children and and teaching what character they teach or what discipline. It's really hurt our culture now uh, from a moral standpoint, but also uh, just productivity, just kids uh, that get out of school and and don't have the character and, and skills to succeed. So for a Christian, for us to take back that part of, of our lives for yeah. our children and grandchildren is key. And, and we're not just talking theory here, Josh, because yeah. now we have an idea. It's called education scholarship accounts okay. that empower parents to create an education uh, s- system for each child in their house. My four kids would probably have all had different types of schooling. One loved arts, yeah. one was sports related, one was more of a, a, I guess, kind of a math nerd. I mean, but to have more opportunities for, for all of them, like you said, they all learn differently. They, they all have different talents. Yeah. So education scholarship accounts, sometimes they're called a backpack yes. in the sense that yeah. it follows the child. Every year, the state puts an amount of money uh, that they would normally spend on a child in, in that backpack. The parent can send their children to a private school, to a Christian school. They could get together with 10 other parents in the church and hire a teacher yeah. and have just a very small class learning. And then with all the online resources that are available now uh, and the technology that we have through the Internet, I, I would hope that almost every church in South Carolina would be serving the families around them yeah. um, because in that environment – 
the, the state has nothing to say about what you teach. Yeah. You could not only teach algebra and trigonometry, you, you could teach about the Bible, about salvation, about how character and faith work together, uh, the founding of our country. Yeah. And, and so this is an idea that we've got about six states across the country using already in various okay. ways. In every case that it's been used, public schools actually get better because of the competition. Yeah. Most states start slow, as the bill that's being debated in Columbia will, where it first involves the poor, children with certain disabilities, um, military children, and it starts working its way up the grades with, from kindergarten to first grade. It kicks yeah. in. But it's, I, I think it's hard for some people to imagine if you live in a rural area of, um, of Abbeville or Edgefield where you might just have one school, how education choice could really help you. Yeah. But first of all, there are probably some little Christian schools around that you could take this education scholarship account and go. And yeah. in South Carolina, it would start probably start between five and six thousand a year yeah, the, per child. Per child. Yep. And the tuition at uh, the uh, Christian Academy when our children went never was that much. Yeah. And what's not spent with this type of program rolls over. Okay. We've got children in Arizona huh. going to college on uh, really? education okay. and scholarship accounts that roll over. Yeah. But what this does, Josh, is it draws a whole lot of new money into the education industry as such. Okay. You would see all of these folks who who are creating all these different technologies to see that these parents could make choices to buy different types of programs or, or uh, hardware yeah. uh, to teach their chil children a, a special course. Uh, you, I would, again, hope every pastor in South Carolina would want to say, hey, why don't we bring in a teacher or two and combine the scholarship accounts of the, stu of the kids here yeah. and help them learn close to home? And that's key for a lot of people because when, when your child has to get on a bus and go 10 miles from home, the parents are not going to get involved with that school very much. Exactly. So for Christians, this to me should be the number one issue. You cannot tell your children about the Lord for two hours on Sunday and then give them over to the government to tell them there is no God, there is no creator for, for about 30 hours a week. Yeah. And that's uh, for us, I mean, that's why you see church attendance um, declining all across America and just the overall culture declining. Yeah, and I think those points are incredible. And I think for the faith community to realize is we're called to minister to the impoverished areas yeah. of our of, of our communities. And, and just by being able, I mean, it's really a mission field with mm -hmm. being able to go into these rural areas of our state where the education is just so far behind right. and there's lack leadership and new direction and vision in those areas. Yeah. And be able to provide more options. And, and I think what's key about this is it allows more churches to start partnering yeah. back into the education arena and being able to start small Christian schools and, and allow those students to be able to go to those um, those Christian faith-based um, um, schooling options. Sure. And to give our listeners a little bit better idea about the ESA right. um, and the bill that's kind of working its way through our state legislator, um, I think some of our listeners they understand the topic of school choice. They've mm -hmm. heard the topic. Um, and we think of school choice as maybe um, as a charter school. Um, and sometimes 
we've had the debates of vouchers and tax credits, um, but kind of giving our listeners a better grasp of how the ESA is different yeah. from a voucher and a tax credit, it really allows for more customization. Would, would, would you agree with that? Right, and it keeps the government out of the business of whatever school you choose. Yeah. Um, vouchers go to the school and okay. tend to come with strings attached to yes. what you can teach and what you can't. And so I think a lot of Christian schools have always been afraid to of open a voucher that door, because kinda. that voucher comes from the government. Yeah. An education scholarship account comes from the parent. Okay. And it's already been tested in court several times around the country where it's the parent making the decision. The government is not funding directly any school. Yeah. So they can't tell this Christian academy what they're going to teach and what they can't. Certainly, there have to be standards yeah. uh, that uh, academically that we want our children to pass the uh, the high school exams and things like that. But that's easy. The standards are so low low now that uh, you, we've got moms with less than high school education, homeschooling kids who do better than folks who are going yeah. to the, the public schools. So it, it's for for education scholarship account, it keeps the government out of the business of, of the school or the church yeah. or wh- whoever has it. And so that's different than, uh, than the voucher, voucher or system. even the credit. Yeah. The credit tends to be as you get some kind of um, money back for spending money on private education. Yeah. Again, that is usually goes to existing schools or something that's certified. Uh, credit is so- often something that a uh, 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 industry, uh, corporations have to put money in. Yeah. Um, but what education scholarships and is, wait for that to right. kind of come back and education scholarships are first of all they're public school money mm-hmm. that follow the child, and it's in this case it's just the state part of it yeah. because there are three. There are three buckets of funding for public schools. There's money that comes from local property taxes, local money. There's state money. A lot of that comes from a sales tax. And then there's federal money, which is less than 10% of the overall spending. So the state can make a decision, and in our case, it'll probably be around five or $6,000 that can follow the student. What we'll see happen, though, is local communities will come along over time and add their uh, part to that which will give students incredible opportunities as they go forward. Uh, But for now, a lot of the money that is attached to a particular student would stay in a public school if the parent moved them. And that's one of the reasons public schools get better. There's more yeah. funding per child. For per child. And right. that's something important because you always hear the argument from outside voices about where you're going to take all of this funding away from the public school yeah. system and we're already struggling for dollars. And But this, this bill is crafted in a way that it keeps all of those local dollars there. It keeps right. your state dollars. So your schools are allowed to continue to function. They have the, they have the resources to keep the schools open and the maintenance and all that. But you're actually you're reducing class sizes. Yeah. Um, you're allowing teachers to have a better um, student-to-teacher ratios. Um, mm-hmm. And you're just taking those dollars dollars that were um, that were federal dollars and it's not the entire pot it's not the yeah. entire allotment um, a majority of that would actually stay with the school and you wouldn't have to um, educate that child sure. in that school so I think when you look at actually the dollars and how the dollars flow you would actually be infusing probably more money into the public school system yeah. by allowing um, teachers to have smaller class size um, by allowing some of these students especially the students that have um, special needs and right. things um, 
different learning abilities where their parents would probably pull their kids um, into these specialized schools um, mm-hmm. that, that cater to that type of need of that child. Because we realize even in the public school system, it is very difficult to educate those kids in a public school setting right now. Right. And it's very expensive. So you're removing those kids away from the public school system. So you're, you're saving, it will be a net saving to the public school industry in South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I'm convinced uh, over a very short period of time, you'll see things like uh, education malls in effect, where a child could go, there are different vendors offering different courses. You'll probably see very quickly public schools beginning to kind of sell things, uh, sports programs, arts, music, that um, a a child who may be tutored in a local church could go participate in a sports program for a certain amount of money from that ESA. Yeah. So if you if you let the parents become shoppers, they create the demand. And yes. then if you let the more freedom in the market, what we see as very few choices in education would explode because education would quickly become one of the largest industries in the country yeah. if the money followed the student. Oh, yeah. Because America spends more per capita on each student than any other country in the world. Yeah. And South Carolina spends more than most of the other states in the southeast and even in the rural areas where the schools are so bad. Uh, And I I shouldn't say that that they're certainly not all bad. And uh, this is no reflection on teachers because we've got great teachers. But when we keep pumping all of this money, which is close to 15,000 a year through government schools, we're not getting better results. Um, our country continues to fall by, behind other countries. So, you know, as a, someone running for president last time said, uh, what do you got to lose? Yeah. I mean, this is an opportunity to take part of public school money, let parents become shoppers, and they yeah. will get in, interested in what their children are doing. And I'm convinced almost every parent, because I've seen how they go. I've heard that all of these poor uh, single moms that don't care about their kids' education, they're the ones lining up for that charter school right now. Those, yeah. those are the ones who leave crime when their kids don't get in. Because they realize how important a good education is but, for their child's success. And, 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 and Josh, if you want to solve other problems, crime, poverty, whatever, yeah. we got to fix education. Yeah. Because if a person in this country graduates high school without having a child, the chances of them ever living in poverty, no matter where they start, mm-hmm. is like two or three percent. Yeah, I mean, if you drop out of high school, though, you're more likely to take drugs, uh, you end up in jail, commit crimes. Um, we've got to fix it, and yeah. we have seen enough evidence in states that are trying these education scholarship accounts that it begins to open this thing up in a way that not just Christian parents, but every parent would just get excited about the opportunity to create an education environment that helps every child succeed. Yeah, I think that's what's incredible. And I think even the ESAs would even allow for therapeutic type things. Um, They do. Other states, like you've got um, in states, uh, I believe this is Arizona, where they they offer $20,000 dollars a year in a say for for blind or other yeah. significantly disabled yeah. and they've got people moving to the state from other from. states because it allows them to take that money and go to a school for the blind when in a lot of states the the enlightened politicians want to mainstream yeah. kids with disabilities yeah. where the kids feel odd and it's incredibly expensive to do and the services aren't good yeah so exactly. why not take the money we're already spending and give 
create more choices. Yeah, and I think this is what's neat about the ESAs is really being able to truly, as a parent, involving your child's education to, to figure out what is best for that child and mm-hmm. what is going to allow that child to thrive and to achieve his his potential as that right. as um, as God intended that child to um, achieve. So, I mean, I think the ESAs um, it kind of loads the money up on almost kind of like a credit card mm-hmm. and it allows you to go and shop around and say, okay, I want this service for my child. I need this service for my child because I realize, gosh, this therapeutic horseback riding type educational yeah. thing is very, it, I mean, it unlocks the doors and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what's unique about this type of program over um, over a voucher type program where you just you get written back into a same type of well here's your school you've got to go to and you've got to get everything uh, this one school it says well I get to pick the best right. from all the best schools um, and really build an educational experience that we've never really been able to unlock in this country before and another positive benefit yeah. of this Josh is for teachers right now that so many teachers are just treated as government bureaucrats yeah. Uh, with all this paperwork, which our, our legislature yeah. thankfully is trying to fix some of that, but all of a sudden, this this the education scholarship accounts where parents are looking for different things, teachers can become professionals. They can become contractors. They can become tutors. They can create course material. They can do videos that can be used uh, in in a church for a number of ch- ch- uh, children. But they they have a lot of different uh, opportunities of where to teach, how to teach, what they want to do with it. without all the the paperwork and bureaucracy yeah. that they've got now. I think it would create a very desirable professional class of, of teachers yeah. uh, who are entrepreneurial and innovative yeah. uh, that parents want to pay for, and they will pay for a teacher who is creative and can get yeah. across to kids. Yeah. And I think that would also bring excitement back into the public school arena too. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think this helps kids, no matter what type of education experience they go into, every person who delivers um, educational experience are going to have to start competing now. Yeah. They're going to have to compete for that child. And so we're excited about this bill. Thank you for joining us today and, and explaining um, to our listeners a little bit more about how it works. And then if they want to find out more information, um, I know Palmetto Promise um, is leading point on this. So right. they can go to Palmetto Promise or they can go to Palmetto Family and, and find out more information about the well, ESAs. Well, Pal- Palmetto Family does a great yeah. job. If folks go to uh, palmettopromise.org okay. and, and push Get Involved on one of the icons at yes. the top, they'll see um, education scholarship accounts. They can sign a petition that goes to legislators. That's really important now, Josh, yeah. because they're going to get so much grief from the establishment, from the yeah. all the, the school administrators, the national teachers' unions. If if people across the state of South Carolina, particularly Christians, don't go to the site, sign the petition, the legislators in Columbia yeah. will think that everyone is against them. Exactly. That's the way it feels. Yeah. I know it felt that way in Washington when yeah. I was on the education committee. If I ever tried to change anything, if everybody back home thought I was against public education, oh, yeah. Yeah. when in fact this is the best thing we could do for public schools. And then what happens with ed- education scholarship accounts is every school becomes public yeah. because public 
uh, funding of education should yes. not be synonymous with government schools. Exactly. Uh, yep. we, pu- public fund, let's fund education and give parents choices, and I think you'd see a lot of flowers yeah. bloom. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate it, Senator. Thank you for being with us today. If our listeners want to find more about this issue, you can go to palmettopromise.org or Palmetto Family. So, exactly. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. To stay up to date on all the issues affecting your faith and family, subscribe to Faith and Family Statehouse Update on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to give us a good rating and leave us a positive review. Find bonus content and every episode of Faith and Family Statehouse Update at palmettofamily.org backslash statehouseupdate. This episode was mixed and produced by Briley Hughes. From the Palmetto Family Studio in beautiful South Carolina, thanks for listening to this episode of Faith and Family Statehouse Update. We'll see you next week.